experiencing between uh, the time in which the journey was uh, told, the children of Israel through their actions moved on that journey and they wandered for a period of time experiencing things both good and bad uh, and then ended up in a place, an encampment, which was a time for resting and a time to reflect and a time of recovery. Now let's read Shemot 13, 17 verses 21, or Shemot 13 ver, uh, verse 17 and verses 21 and 22 which says this. Now when Pharaoh had let the people go, God did not lead them by the way of the land of the Philistines, even though it was near for God said, the people might change their minds when they see war and return to Egypt. And the Lord was going before them in a pillar of cloud by day to lead them on the way, and a pillar of fire by night to give them light, so that they might travel by day and by night. He did not take away the pillar of cloud by day, nor the pillar of fire by night from the presence of the people. So they have guidance from God, both from the pillar of fire and the pillars uh, and the clouds uh, by day. We have that that uh, guidance that occurred by God, but it but the wanderings. Uh, really uh, interacted with the children of Israel and how they responded or how they acted to the direction that God was giving them. Now let's read how things worked. Let's look at Bami Bar Numbers 9 verses 15 through 23 which says this. Now on the day that the tabernacle was erected, the cloud covered the tabernacle, the tent of the testimony, and in the evening it was like the appearance of fire over the tabernacle until morning. That is how it was continuously. The cloud would cover it by day and the appearance of fire by night. Whenever the cloud was lifted from over the tent, afterward the sons of Israel would set out. And in the place where the cloud settled down, there the sons of Israel would camp. At the command of the Lord, the sons of Israel would set out and at the command of the Lord, they would camp. As long as the cloud settled over the tabernacle, they remained camped. Even when the cloud lingered over the tabernacle for many days, the sons of Israel would comply with the Lord's ordinance and not set out. If sometimes the cloud remained a few days over the tabernacle, in accordance with the command of the Lord, they remained camped. Then, in accordance with the command of the Lord, they set out. If sometimes the cloud remained from evening until morning, when the cloud was lifted in the morning, they would set out. Or, if it remained in the daytime and at night, whenever the cloud was lifted, they would set out. Whether it was two days, a month, or a year that the cloud lingered over the tabernacle, staying above it, the sons of Israel remained camped and did not set out. But when it was lifted, they did... a. They did, uh, when it was lifted, they did set out. At the command of the Lord, they camped. And at the command of the Lord, they set out. They did what the Lord required in accordance with the command of the Lord through Moses. So we see here where there was a requirement during these periods of time where there had to be people observing and watching in preparation for the journey. Um, and especially when it was time to encamp and when it was time to start a new journey, which resulted in wanderings uh, for the experience of B'nai Israel, children of Israel, in, in actions on their part, both good and bad. Now here we see the children of Israel, they kept the charges of the Lord at the commands of the Lord by the hand of Moshe or by the children of Israel's actions of encamping and or journeying journeying at the instruction of God. 
They safeguarded the word of God as memorialized by Moshe. They safeguarded the world, word. They followed what he said. When he said move, they moved. When he said rest, they rest. When he said encamp, they encamped. During the time period of wandering, however, the instructions were different and came in different forms. They safeguarded the word of God as memorialized by Moshe, which means by their actions of encampment when God said and moving when God said through their actions, the children of Israel safeguarded, safeguarded God's words as they followed God's words that were also memorialized by Moshe in writing down the actions that occurred. 42 times they encamped or rested after they, the children of Israel wandered and that what they wandered and they experienced during that time period of wandering. They rested, they journeyed, they wandered. They wandered, they rested and they journeyed. And they rested and they journeyed and they wandered. You know, it's interesting going through this. It comes to mind that God said that he worked for three, so we read in Bereshi Genesis where God worked for six days and on the seventh day he rested. How many mathematicians do we have in here? None. How many people graduated from grade school? <laughs> Let's try the other end of it. What is six times seven? 22. Six times seven is 22? 42. 42. Six times seven is 42. There was 42 places to rest. There was 42 places of encampments. I don't think that's a coincidence. Now a pattern of activity emerges here that can be applied to our lives today. When God says to do or not do something in scripture, you are to do or not do it, right? It's a decision that you make. God gives the instruction and we all decide either to do it or not do it. Some is for our good, some is for uh, protect us from things that could be bad. But we have those choices. We are to carry his word within us throughout our life. But wandering to your next encampment during a journey can cause you to miss God's instruction to rest if you don't listen to what his word says as seeing what is on the journey or putting it another way without God's word and his Ruach HaKodesh, his Holy Spirit telling us to move or rest. We don't know if we are journeying, journeying, wandering, or are resting in God's will or our will. We have to be influenced by God's word on everything that we do in our journeys, in our wandering, in our resting. Now the cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night can be likened unto the spirit.
judge the Verses eight through trust this we have set our who is your of all men, especially of beliefs. During wanderings, you can experience God's discipline. But you should not worry about wandering for fear of God's discipline because his discipline strengthens you to run a race of a godly life. Hebrews 12, 1-14 says this, Therefore, since we also have such a great cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let's rid ourselves of every obstacle and the sin which so easily entangles us, and let's run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking only at Yeshua, the originator and perfecter of the faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who has endured such hostility by sinners against himself, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. You have not yet resisted to the point of shedding blood in your striving against sin, and you have forgotten the exhortation which is addressed to you as sons. My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor faint when you are punished by him. For whom the Lord loves, he disciplines, and he punishes every son whom he accepts. It is for discipline that you endure. God deals with you as with sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? But if you are without discipline, of which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate, illegitimate children and not sons. Furthermore, we had earthly fathers to discipline us, and we respected them. Shall we not much more be subject to the father of spirits and live? For they disciplined us for a short time as seemed best to them. But he disciplines us for our good, so that we may share his holiness. For the moment, all discipline seems not to be pleasant but painful. Yet to those who have been trained by it, afterward it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness. Therefore strengthen the hands that are weak and the knees that are feeble, and make straight paths for your feet, so that the limb which is impaired may not be dislocated, but rather be healed. Pursue peace for all people, and the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. So what happens when you have come into a spiritual rest or a spiritual encampment after you've been through a wandering that was either positive or negative? What what is it that gets you going from that encampment? You know, sometimes that rest will be a, for extended period and maybe for a moment. Um, that encampment, spiritual encampment may last for a little while. It may last for a short time. What, what gets you going from that encampment? Getting you comfortable, staying in that place. What gets you to move from that rest, moving to the next journey that God has for you. We're not supposed to stay in one place. There are many denominations that teach that once you believe, uh, you're done. You know, it's almost like 
um, you've graduated and now you don't have to do anything else. You know, you just, you, you, uh, the, the definition of maturing in the faith doesn't exist. It's these times that maturing the faith occurs. It's this time of growing. So getting out of the encampment, getting out of that rest and moving on to your next journey that God has for you. His Ruach HaKodesh is what moves us by God's words to our next journey which can result in some form of wandering either positive or negative uh, before we enter into that next spiritual rest or encampment. 2 Peter 1 20-21 says this. But know this first of all, that no prophecy of scripture becomes a matter of someone's own interpretation. For no prophecy was ever made by an act of human will, but men moved by the Holy Spirit spoke from God. So what does this mean? Well, let's look at an example around about it. Turn to the book of Luke, chapter 24, verse 13 through 16, which says this. And behold, on that very day two of them, we're going to a village named Emmaus, which was 60 stadia from Jerusalem. And they were talking with each other about all these things which had taken place. While they were talking and discussing, Yeshua himself approached and began traveling with them. But their eyes were kept from recognizing him. You know, it's interesting. They're, they're on a journey and now they're in a wandering period before they enter into their encampment or they enter into this rest. This is a quick example of showing this, this pattern, this, this sort of timeline of, of journey to wandering um, to um, uh, encampment or rest. It's interesting to see that their eyes were kept from recognizing him. They visually couldn't see. However, there, even though their eyes were restrained, they didn't know him, but they heard him. They heard his words. So remember the senses, voices, and seeing. Even though they, his, their eyes wouldn't recognize him, the voice that came forth were the words of God. So let's continue with Luke 24, 17 through 24, which says this. And he said to them, What are these words that you are exchanging with one another as you are walking? And they came to a stop looking sad. One of them, named Cleopas, answered and said to him, Are you possibly the only one living near Jerusalem who does not know about the things that happened here in these days? And he said to them, What sort of things? And they said to him, Those about Yeshua the Nazarene, who proved to be a prophet mighty indeed, and word in the sight of God and all people, and how the chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death and crucified him. But we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, besides all this, it is now the third day since these things happened. But also some women among us left us bewildered. When they were at the tomb early in the morning and did not find his body, they came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. And so some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just exactly as the women also had said, but him they did not see. So let's continue on with Luke 24, 25 through 32, which says this. And then he said to them, You foolish men and slow of heart, to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary for the Christ to suffer these things and to come into his glory? Then beginning with Moses and with all the prophets, he explained to them the things written about himself in all the scriptures. And they approached the village where they were going, and he gave the impression that he was going farther. And so they strongly urged him, saying, Stay with us, for it is getting toward evening, and the day is now nearly over. 
So he went in to stay with them. And it came about when he had reclined at the table with them that he took the bread and blessed it. And he broke it and began giving it to them. And then their eyes were opened and they recognized him. And he vanished from their sight. They said to one another, Were our hearts not burning within us when he was speaking to us on the road while he was explaining the scriptures to us? Now this is an example of, of uh, a, a perfect example of what we experience in, um, in our spiritual journeys. Uh, as we journey, we enter into a period of wandering, not knowing how long it will be. It could be good, it could be bad. It's interacting with God's instruction and his guidance and his scriptures. It's, it's stirred up by the Ruach HaKodesh, where inside our spirits witness to this. What's interesting is these two men were in the wilderness but were moved by God's word, which was before the Ruach HaKodesh, the Ruach HaKodesh was poured out. Now we, at this moment, since Yeshua on, on uh, Shavuot, day of Pentecost, now we have the Ruach HaKodesh in its fullness in this age for us to guide us along with scripture and to keep us safe until we encamp along our life's journeys, until we reach Olam Haba, the world to come. John 14, 15 through 18 and verse 26 says this. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, so that he may be with you forever. The helper is the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it does not see him or know him. But you know him because he remains with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I am coming to you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and remind you of all that I said to you. So in conclusion, as you go on your life's journeys, as you go through these wandering wilderness experiences, as you go to the next encampment on your maturing in the faith, before you enter into your ultimate eternal rest, remember to take God's word with you. Follow it, consume it, and let the Ruach HaKodesh instruct teach you along the way as you are moved by its presence that dwells in you as you progress towards your ultimate encampment, which is for those who belong to Yeshua, a life everlasting with him. 2 Timothy 4, 6 through 8 says this, as we remember Rav Shaul, the apostle's words, as he moved on at the end of his life. For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the course. I have kept the faith. In the future, there is reserved for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. So as we go on our life's journeys, we experience wilderness experiences, uh, uh, experiences of, of uh, wandering, uh, ultimately moving to the next uh, maturing in the faith, resting place, a place of encampment. We should be encouraged. We should enjoy that journey 
as we mature in the faith, we should enjoy, we should take the instruction and learn from it to grow and mature as God has given us these instructions so that he can use us, especially in these end times. Amen? It's our duty to praise the master of all, to ascribe greatness for the author of creation. For he's made us unlike the nations of the land and has not placed us like the families of the earth. He's not made our portion theirs and our lot like their multitudes. And we bend the knee and bow and acknowledge our thanks before the king over kings, the holy one blessed be he. He stretches out heaven and establishes earth's foundation. And the seat of his glory is in the heavens above. And the presence of his powers in the most exalted heights. He is our God. There is none other. True is our king. There is nothing beside him. As it is written in his Torah. And you shall know this day and take to your heart. That the Lord he is God in the heavens above. And on the earth below. There is none other. Amen. Amen.